discussing an Evet who followed his Rav, his master, into Chutzlaret. Do we still knas him and make him set his Evet free, even though he went there on his own accord? What happens if someone sells his field during Yoivel? Does that seal actually take effect and just automatically revert back because it's Yoivel? What happens if an Evet escapes to Eretz Israel? Do we force his master to free him? We discuss different stories of someone who lost their Evet, lost their Hamar by the Kutim, how they got it back. And we have a new minister discussing Pidun Shvuyin, how much we're allowed to pay to free someone who was captured. And uh, Rev Elish's prison break uh, when he didn't take Rabbi Nachman's daughter's fascinating story. We learn about buying stolen Svarim, Zuzus Tfilin from Goyim. What happens if a Goyim writes a safer tire of the Kashas of that? We begin with a Bavo. He said that Rabbi Yochanan taught him that if an Eved follows his master to Syria, and then now that they're in Chutzlaret, the master sells him, we give that master a knas for selling his Eved to Chutzlaret, and he has to free him. I, Frank the Gemara of Chia asked, that Chia taught us in Abraisa, that the Eved himself, that was his fault, he lost his own schus. Why does he get to go free? So the Gemara says there are different cases. That Abraisa was where the Eved knew that his master was going to stay in Chutzlaret. But if he didn't know, then it wasn't his fault and he gets to go free. If the master was planning on coming back. I we learned in Abraisa that if Eved follows his master out to Syria, it says, Yoitzei Ho'Evet. If the Eved went out, what it means that he has to, the, the, the Mishnah told, told us, Ve'ein Hakol Metzien. Why are we blaming him for going out with his master to Chutzlaret? And then I have to read it, Yotzei Ho'Evet. If the master, fa- if the Eved follows his master to Surya and then his master sells him, then if his master had planned on returning, then this Eved wasn't leaving Eretz Yisrael. He was taking a trip, but coming back to Eretz Yisrael. If his master sold him over there, that's his master's fault, and he has to free him. But if the master was going, making a one-way trip and the Eved followed, that's the Eved's fault. And we do not force the master to free him. Next up, Anun says he heard from Mar Shmuel. Two things. Here, the, here this halacha about selling the Eved in Chutzlaretz. And here another one about someone who sells his field during Yoivel, on Yoivel himself, in that 50th year, when everything reverts back to its original owners. And he's selling a field. So we have a machloikas. How does a seal work on Yoivel? If Reuven is selling something to Shimon, everything reverts back to Reuven in Yoivel. So what happens in that seal? Rav says it's a seal, valid seal, and it conceptually goes to Shimon for a moment and then immediately goes back to Reuven. So the money stays with Reuven. But Shmuel says it's not a seal at all and Reuven has to give the money back to Shimon. And Ravanan says, I know from Shmuel that in one of these cases, he has to give the money back. But I don't know if he has to give the money back by the Ever. He has to give the money back by the case of Yoivel. So Rabbi Yosef says, well, let's try to figure it out. We have a writer that says if someone sells his Eved to Chutzlaretz, he has to free him. The second master who he sells it to in Chutzlaretz has to free the slave. So this second master who bought it in Chutzlaretz, he just lost out on his, on his money. He doesn't have to be paid back. So it must be that Shmuel was talking about the case of the fielder in Yoivel. Shmuel holds that the seal counts as nothing, and, Shmuel, and, and the, the Shimon has to give the money back to Reuven, while Rav never heard of the Brisa by Eved, and he said that, it, that it's a valid sale. Reuven gets to keep the money. He never heard that the Knas goes on the Rabbi Shani in Chutzlaretz, that the seal actually does go. Now, according to Shmuel, who says that it's, there's no seal at all, he says, Kol Iker, when he sells it during Yoivel, 
How do we know that it's not a sale and he just has to give the money back? Maybe there is no sale during Yoivel. You can't sell anything during Yoivel. And Reuben just has to give a gift of money back to Shimon. Now, nah, this would be the same. We, we know that that's not what's happening because if someone tries to be Mekadesh, his sister, there's no Kedushin. Chalo is Kedushin there. Rav says that the money he gave his sister goes back to him. And Shmuel says, nope, the money is a gift to his sister. Next, Abayah tells of Yosef, why are we knassing the guy who buys an Eved in, in Chutzlaretz? Why don't we sell the guy in Eretz Yisrael who just sold his Eved to Chutzlaretz? So Yosef says, well, just because you have a mouse stealing cheese, it's not the mouse that steals it. It's the hole where he ran into. Abayah says, well, what does that mean? Without the mouse, the hole isn't stealing anything. So the Gemara rather answers, there's a Svara that wherever the Isser is, wherever the Eved is now, in Chutzlaretz, that's where the Knas is going to land with the second master in Chutzlaretz. Next, the Gemara tells us of a case of an Eved who ran away from Chutzlaretz and he ran into Eretz Yisrael. The master came, chased after him into Eretz Yisrael. And when they brought this case to Rabbi, Amma, Rabbi Ami, he said that he has to free his slave. Write a star for the slave to owe his master whatever he's worth. And free him. You can't take him back out of Eretz Yisrael. He says, if you don't free him, I will. Based on Rabbi Achi, Rabbi Yoishio's Psaq and Abraisa, he learns from the Pasuk of Lo Yeshvu Be'artzecho Penyechtiu Oishcholi. The Pasuk's not talking about a goy, because the Pasuk says, Lo Yisasker Eved Al Adoinov. Asher Yinotzalelecho Me'am Adoinov. Don't send the slave back to his Avodizara. So what are you supposed to do? Amchot, says the Pasuk, Amchot Yeshvu Be'kerbecho. And Ravashi said, why are you sending him back to Zadoinov? The Pesach should have said you're sending him back to his Avoid de Zara. So Rav Yashi explains that if someone sells his Eved to Chutzlaretz, that's where the Torah is warning the Bezdin not to let this Eved stay with his master in Chutzlaretz, set him free. That's the Knas. But we still have a caution of Rav Anchi Rav Why does the Pesach say, Asher, you not sell Elecha? It should say, Asher, you not sell Me'imecha. That you let the Eved go from Eretz Yisrael to Chutzlaretz. So Rav Achi, Rav Yoshi answers, the Pesukim are talking about an Eved who runs from Chutzlaretz into Eretz Yisrael. That was the opposite. And using this drasha, Rabbi Ami was able to threaten the owner to let his Eved stay in Eretz Yisrael, otherwise he would just free him himself. We have another Bryce that tells us that the Pesukim is Sasgir Eved. Al-Adoinav, Rabbi explains, that's referring to someone who buys an Eved in order to free him. That's when the Torah says you have to let him go. Rabbi Nachman Yitzchak explains the Pasuk is referring to a case where the master writes a Mashtar saying that when I buy you, Limafreya, you will be property of yourself from now. So when he buys him, he's actually freeing him Limafreya. It must be going to Shittas. Rabbi Meir Ashi points out that someone can be Machna Dovashalibayla. Next, Rabbi Chista had an Eved run away to the Kutoim, to Bay Kutoi, where the Kutis lived. So he asked the Kutim, please give me back my Eved. So they said, hold on. We know the Torah, right? The, the, the Kutim follow Torah Shebiksav. And the Torah says, Saskar Eved Al-Adoinav. You don't give this slave back to his master. So Rav Chista sent back to them. No, no, no. That Pasuk is talking about. And Eved who runs into Eretz Yisrael from Chutzlaretz. We're still in Eretz Yisrael. Give him back to Eretz Yisrael. Why did he bring the Mariah from Rabbi Achib Rabbi Yoshua and not from Rebbe? Well, the Gemara answer is simply that they would actually listen to the reasoning of Rabbi Achab Rabbi Yosha because it was based on a Befei Rosh and they don't hold of anything that's not Toi Rosh outright. Abai had a 
donkey that ran into the Kuti village and he asked them to return it and they said oh well you need a simon so he, he told them a simon you know my donkey has a white belly so they said well if you were in Achmeni if you were in Abaye that wouldn't be a good enough simon every donkey has a white belly but because you are Abaye we'll use that as enough of a simon to give you back your donkey in the next mission we learn that we do not do pidgin shvun we do not redeem someone who is captured more than their value why? because of tikkun oilam Gamar will explain what that means. We also don't help captives escape because of Tekun Oilam. While Rabshim Gamaliel says, the reason why we don't help captives ex- escape is not because of Tekun Oilam, it's because of the Tekun uh, Takonas Hashavui and the other people who are captured. We don't want them being tortured because there was an escape from prison. In the Gamar, we say, why does it Tekun Oilam? Why wouldn't we pay more than the value of the captive? Is it because we don't want to bother the Tzibor too much, that we don't want to drain the funds of the Tzibor, or is because we don't want the Gayim to find a new profession of kidnapping Jews, because there's a lot of, it's lucrative, there's a lot of money there. So the Gemara says that, let's bring a ride from Levi Bar Garda, whose daughter was captured, and he redeemed her for 13,000 golden dinar. But Abaya says that's not a Raya, because who says he was doing Kirotzen Chachamim? Maybe the, the reason really is because of draining the funds, or rather because of other captives. We don't want the Goyim to continue capturing others. So the reason behind the Tekun is left unanswered. The Gemara explains that the Nafkamina, why we do not help captives escape, is it because we don't want more people with Tekun or is it because of Tekun Hashvuyu and those who are in the prison? The difference would be whether the, when there's only one person in that jail. So there will be no uh, wrath on the other captives if we help this one escape. Now the Gemara tells a story that uh, the daughters of Rav Nachman used to stir their boiling pots with their bare hands. It's interesting, Shaila, whether there's considered blios of Adam in that case. Now when Rav Ilish saw this, he had a kash. He says, the Pasuk says, Adam echod me'elef matzasi ve'isha b'chol ilo lo matzasi. That if I one in a thousand tzaddikim, but not, but not one in a thousand uh, tzidkoniyos. I look at the daughters of Rav Nachman. They clearly have tremendous zuchuyos to be able to stir the pot that the fire didn't affect them. Well, it turns out that he, Rav Ilish, was captured with the daughters of Rav Nachman. And there was a gentleman in prison with Rav Ilish who was able to understand the language of the birds. This raven came and started uh, chirping. So Rav Ilish said, said to his uh, cellmate, what's he saying? So he said, well, he's, uh, the raven is... is crying out, Ilish Barach, Ilish Barach. He's encouraging you to escape prison. The village said, yeah, but ravens are liars. We cannot rely on a raven. So uh, next, a yoyna came, a dove, and he started chirping. And the bird interpreter said, well, he's saying, Ilish Barach, Ilish Barach. So the village said, you know, a Knesset Yisrael is compared to a yoyna. It must be that I'm going to have some sort of a nace that I'll be able to escape. So he said, let me go see if Rav, Nach- Rav Nachman's daughters who are also here in prison, whether they're real tzidkonios, and they'll also be zoichatanis, and they'll escape with me. So he said that when women go to the, the base Akise, that's where they have their, their chit-chat, their discussions. So he went to go listen, and he heard them saying that, yes, we have our husbands in our doi, but now our captives, they're just as much of our husband as them. We don't need our original husbands. We could tell our captives to move further away. They were miyayish to ever go back to their husbands. Husbands, you see that their level of, uh, they, they weren't actually Tzedkaniyos. So he himself ran away with this birdman who was uh, listening to the birds. Along the way, the 
bird in- interpreter was killed, but he made it across the river to safety. And uh, when he got back home, he realized that the daughters of Reb Nachman were able to do this, stirring the pot using kish if it wasn't because of their tzitkonius. In the next mission, we learn that we do not buy svarim, let's say for Tyra, tefillin or mezuzahs from goyim more than they are worth. Why? Because of tikkun ha'olam. Either we don't want people to have to pay so much, or we don't want them to start kidnapping our svarim tefillin or mezuzahs. In the Gemara, Rav Budya tells Rav Ashi, we don't pay more than they're worth, but we do pay what they are worth. Why are we buying back Sefer Torah? You see that if a guy gets hold of a Sefer Torah, you can still read from it. But Rav Ashi says, not necessarily. Maybe you buy it back to put it in Geniza to treat it with respect, but not necessarily that it's still kosher. Rav Nachman says that we hold that a Sefer Torah that was written by a min, like a, a priest, someone who's entrenched in Avodah Zarah, we burn that Sefer Torah. If a guy wrote it, someone who's just an Oyvet Avodah Zarah, that we put in Geniza. So it turns out if we get back a Sefer Torah, if we find a Sefer Torah in the possession of a Min, we would put in Geniza. But if we find it in, right from this priest, but if you find it in the hands of Islam, Oyvet Avodah Zarah, we have a Machalik as whether we can read from it or we need to put it in Geniza. It's a Svek Sveka. Because just because it's in his possession, we don't know for sure that he's the one that wrote it. And even if he did, maybe the Sevek Kachavim, he's not a diehard idol worshiper. Maybe he did write it, Lishma, to sell to a Jew. Now, when it comes to Sevek Torah written by an Oyved Kachavim, we have one Brysa that says to burn it. Another Brysa says, put it in Geniza. And a third Brysa says, you can read it, it's kosher. What do we do with these three Stira Brysas? Three answers. Number one, we explain each case separately. When we say they have to burn it, that's Rebeliezer who says that when a guy is writing something, stama his machshava, we can assume is for Avoy Dezara. That's why you have to burn it. The second verse, which says you put it in Geniza, that's according to Rav Hamnun Rava, me Pash Ravna, Pash Ravna. He says that Sefer Torah Tefillin and Mezuzos, written by a Moser, someone who's Malshan, an informant. Written by an Oyvek Echavim, an Eved, a woman, a Koton, a Kuti, a Yisrael, or a Yisrael, Mamar, are all possible because the Pasuk says, that only people who are Chayiv in wearing Tefillin are allowed to write Tefillin. If they're not Chayiv, they can't be writing it, no matter how nice their Ksav is. In the third Braya, so when we said that you can actually read from the Sefer Torah written by and Oyved Kechavim, that's according to the Brysa that says, you're allowed to buy Svarim from an Oyved Kechavim, as long as they're written correctly. In fact, there was a story with an Oyved Kechavim in Sidon, he was writing Sefer Torah, and Rabbi Gamaliel says, you're allowed to buy it from him. You have a new lo- local, unorthodox cipher. The Gemara says, well, Rabbi Gamaliel, it was okay with you buying a Sefer Torah from, from a guy. But he says that the, that the tanning of the clav has to be done lishma. So the Ksiva doesn't need to be Lishma, but the, the Ibud does. His Shite is in a Braisa, that if you want to coat Tefillin in gold, or to cover it in, in a Behemoth Tamea, it's possible. Tanakama says that the skin doesn't need, the skin, that's a Behemoth does not need to be tanned Lishma, but if Shema Mengamaliel holds, it does. And it's possible if it's not Lishma. So why is he more machmer about the tanning than the, of the ksiva? So Rabbi Barishmuel answers, 
He was machmer about tanning, yes. The reason why he was okay with, with getting this tefillin from this individual, was because that was not a stam of it. You were allowed to buy from him because that was a ger who had gone back, was drawn back into Avodizara. The Gemara says, well, well, then he's definitely involved in Avodizara. Why, why was he allowing to buy his svarim? Shavashi answers, the only reason why this ger was drawn back in was because of Yira, but his heart wasn't in the Avodizara. He was still writing it Lishma. Next, the Gemara tells us that when you're buying the svarim, the tefillin and the mezuzahs off of Goyim, you're allowed to pay a tiny bit more, a tarpik, I have to work on my Aramaic. Uh, a tarpic more than what is its actual worth. Worth. What's a tarpic? Rav Shesha says it's an istira. There was a, a woman who came with a bag of tefillin to Abaye. And Abaye's like, you know what? I'll buy it off you for a couple of dates. And she, because of her rage, she went into like this crazed rage and she threw the tefillin into a river. And Abaye, when seeing this response, said, well, if I realized that this would come to a zilzal of the tefillin, uh, that was not my intention at all. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.